Hey everyone, welcome. It's your real estate guru and this is Real Estate Daily. And I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful morning. I'm sipping my Black Rifle Coffee Company coffee this morning. And I hope you've got a cup of coffee in your hand. It's a great day in real estate. It is the 10th of January. It's our last day of the 10-day challenge to put a listing in your pocket in the first 10 days and a completed buyer's offer, or I should say an accepted buyer's offer in your pocket in the first 10 days. Put in the chat room what you've gotten done. Did you get one of each? I would love to hear from more of you. There's a bunch of you out there. This is happening. I'm so excited for you. We are building your personal business. That's our goal is to build your business bigger than ever before in the year 22. Today, our topic is what are the mistakes buyers typically make? Are we coaching them correctly? And, you know, what do we do about the mistakes? And I want to start off with the with the big mistake out there. And I know this is a tough one. It's controversial. And that's why I'm starting with it. And that's love. It's the love of the house. They go into a house and they just fall in love with the house. And it's the only house for them. If it can't be this house, it could be no house. There could be no other house this good. This one is it. How could any other house be any better than this one? And they simply can't see beyond. They, they want to quit. Buyers want to quit shopping at that point, quit looking around. They have found the love of their life. And it is embodied at 123 Main Street. That's the one. Uh, well, first, <laughs> what if you don't get it? I, I hate to bring bring that up because we are in a seller's market. I know I mention this all the time, but we have to know what kind of market we're in. You have to be advising the buyers as to the market that you're in. And you're in a seller's market. There's few sellers, tons of buyers. It's going to be competitive. Hopefully you get the love of your life, but be careful about falling deeply in love with something because it hurts your ability to negotiate. Yes, I want you in love with the house that you're buying. Of course I do. I also want you to hedge it a little bit with reality of the market conditions that you're in. Maybe you don't want to bring your kids in and have them pre-pick out bedrooms. Maybe that's a bad idea. And, you know, just be cautious of the love appeal, you start giving one particular house in the market, it will hurt your ability to negotiate. It will cloud your vision of what's really going on with that home. Because even when you have inspections, and I just, yesterday we were talking about inspections. Even when you have inspections, if you have allowed your vision to be clouded on this place, you can make mistakes purely how you have built up the home in your mind, the, the great love that you have for. It. And it's great to love where you live or where you're going to live. But be aware you haven't bought it yet. 
you're representing your buyer to help them help them hedge this love appeal they're having with well let's let's also continue to take a look around until we get an accepted offer that meets all of your needs in the way you need them met which goes to my next big mistake for buyers understanding your personal budget and not allowing love to cloud the budget. Now, there's lots of ways to understand the budget. Let me hit a few pieces of the big budget problem. First, don't go out and buy a, buy a $50,000 car or whatever thousands of dollars of car that you're going to buy while you're looking for a home. You might want to tamper that back a little bit. Most of us have, have budgets we need to stick to, and that will hurt your credit. Going out and, and buying a car while looking for a house to buy, and you're hoping to buy a house in the next few months, and now you purchase a car, it will hurt your credit score. And even if you have credit score to spare, and some do, that's wonderful it still will hurt your DTI, and that's debt to income score. So all of a sudden you threw down, you know, $5,000 payment on a 50,000 or 40,000, whatever it is, dollar vehicle. Now you've got this $350 payment that's looming out there for a vehicle and probably a wonderful vehicle it is. And maybe you desperately needed it. Could you have waited a little longer? You really have to start hedging and thinking about what's the importance. You're trying to get into a home and budget matters. Budget matters big time. You've got to think about how you are going to best spend your budget dollars while having a bank critically look at your financial picture. The financial picture, they're looking at debt to income, for sure. That's going to be a point of conversation from the beginning all the way to closing is your constant debt to income. Are you going out and run, running up a bill? I, I've had buyers that we were representing had a great debt to income. Their credit score was decent. And before closing, they realized, well, for that house, we're going to need curtains. We're going to, a whole bunch of stuff they're going to need. And they ran out and ran up, you know, several thousand dollars on a credit card. And all of a sudden the bank said, we want to take a new look at your DTI, at your debt to income. Just, you know, one more peek before we close this deal with you. And they take another peek and all of a sudden, they were close on their DTI score already, good credit score, but their debt to income was close. Different lending products have different DTIs. And if you go out and all of a sudden run up several thousand dollars on a credit card, you might push yourself over and all of a sudden have your budget not qualify for the home that you were in love with. By the way, I hope you're having a great time this morning. I'm sipping my cup of coffee. 
and it's a wonderful, wonderful morning. I'm I'm so excited about what I'm hearing back from from people on getting deals in their pocket. They're getting their the uh, listings in their pocket. First ten days. I, I'm so excited. We'll get back to our our listener in just a second. So excited that people are, are building their business in the first 10 days. I love that. We are here to help you, co help coach you, and build your business. And our goal of the 10-day challenge was and is to put deals in your pocket as soon as possible so you are on that time frame of 30, 45 days, sometimes 60, to close the deal, to get a commission check back to you so you can honor your family with making the living that you deserve to be making. That's what we're here for. Okay, next. So we've talked about love and the love problem of falling too deeply in love with the home, sharing it with all you, you, you know, all of a sudden, you get this request that your buyer wants to bring their parents, their kids, their cousins, their friends, their everybody over to see the home if they're making an offer. on, And they don't have an offer accepted yet. And they're wanting to parade people through. This makes it has to throw a red flag in your head. There is a love problem going on. You need to help them hedge this back. Hold on. This is a competitive market. Let's hedge this back a little bit. And there's other houses if need be. All right. Next budget. We spoke about that. You've got to be careful on the budget. Don't go out and overspend. Don't run up a credit card. Don't go out and buy, buy a new vehicle. Be careful with your budget. Changing jobs. Another big one. I've had people change a job right in the middle of trying to close. And the bank, of course, prior to closing, the bank will almost always call your employer just to make sure you're still employed. And when they say, oh, no, they moved on to another location. And they're, they're, at, they're, they're not working for us now. That's going to be trouble. I promise you. So budget. You've got to be careful with all things budget. Next big one. Lenders. The big mistake people make with lenders. Lenders, I tell you, our business is tied at the hip with lenders. It can't be done without lenders. We have terrific lenders that we are associated with. I'm certain in your business you do as well. But there are lots of different lending products. And not every lender is associated to every lending product. That's just, that's just true. Not every lender is associated with every lending product. I mean, come on. There are hundreds of products out there or flavors of the product. You have your basic products of you have your VA loan, your uh, FHA loan, your conventional loan. You have private private money, of course. But all of these, and then you have, uh, uh, oh, for heaven's sakes. 
the 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 agriculture one. It uh, USDA. Thank you so much. Yeah, the USDA one, and then all of these have a flavor on it built by the lender because they can have what's called overlays. And their overlays, all that means is they have their own rules on top of the rules. So each lender can be different, quite different. So you need to be aware that shopping lender to lender can really give you a different outcome of what's happening. You need to shop. I always say shop at least three different lenders. Not within the same company. Don't go to, you know, KeyBank and then go to another KeyBank location and then another KeyBank location. That, that's not shopping a different lender. That's shopping a different human within the same company and has that is associated to similar products and the similar flavor of it. You need to actually depart from that and shop different places. Along with the lenders... The, the One of the big mistakes I see is people who say, well, my bank that I've always had my checking account in since I was 18 years old is, you know, whatever bank that is, Wells Fargo, who, who knows, whatever it is. And therefore, I need to get my home loan through them because they have all my data. It's going to be a similar process no matter who you go through. No matter. It is fake news to think that you're going to only do better because you have a checking account with somebody. You can give your checking account data to anybody, any lender out there. It doesn't matter. This is a common fallacy that I bank somewhere, therefore I should. Now, it might be a good idea. And in fact, if you're with a credit union or someone, they might give you a better deal slightly because you're already with them. Maybe. Approach it skeptically. Approach it with research in mind. Approach it without signing documents. Just go in and get the flavor, get the details, get the idea of what they do and shop around. Simply shop around. Don't take the... Now, you might end up going back to the first one. I say don't take the first one. You might end up going back to the first, first one you went to. And that's fine. What I want you to be is fully informed. Incredibly to be full, fully informed. That understanding. Which leads me to the next big point I want to spend some time on this. The concept of importance. So you and your significant other, you think you know each other and you're out shopping for a house. Something that we like to do is we have a couple that's out shopping for a house. We like to, we like to sit down with them for a cup of coffee. Maybe we've already looked at a couple houses. It could be in advance as well. And give each of them a sketch of a house. This is a top view where you're looking down and it says bedroom one, bedroom two, bedroom three, bathroom, bathroom, kitchen, uh, yard, uh, garage, 
shop, barn, you have all the pieces on the map. And then you give each of them 30 M&Ms. And you separate them so they can't see each other, of course. And you say, I would like you to put your M&Ms in the places on, on this map that's important to you. You align the more M&Ms you put, for example, if the kitchen's important to you, put more M&Ms in there. Well, we do this to a couple few years ago. And the gentleman had all of his M&Ms over in the garage. I mean, they were just all, all, 30 M&Ms, all 30 M&Ms, all lined up over in the garage. And I thought, wow, okay. And I hadn't seen hers yet. Uh, when uh, we went over and took a look at hers, she didn't even have an M&M in the garage. There was no M&Ms in the garage. She had M&Ms in the kitchen, in a lot of M&Ms in the family room, in the in the in a lot uh, a, a few M&Ms in the master bedroom, and then a bunch of M&Ms in the because they had children in the children's rooms and the bathrooms, uh, but a lot in the living areas, the bedrooms, the living area, the, the, the rec room type type areas. A lot of M&Ms in there. Well, it was my wife and I working together on this, and we talked. Well, how do you how do you bring someone like this together? They don't even know. They don't even know that they, they are looking at places extraordinarily differently. Do they even understand that each other are looking at different aspects? And different aspects are okay, but when you have one person putting all their M and M's in the garage, and the other person not putting any M&Ms there. What kind of house do you look for? This is a conversation to have. This is a wonderful thing to be doing, by the way. You, you've got a client. You've got a buyer client. Get some M&Ms. Go buy two or three packages of M&Ms. Make yourself a sketch of a house top down and have them go and line it up. What's important to them? individually that doesn't mean it can't be negotiated out of course this is another this is another level of your wonderful ability to pull a deal together and that is aligning your buyers up with each other it is a mistake to be going around and looking at homes without understanding what the two of them want. And this is a, a way to break the barrier down and begin to understand what they really want. So going back to the first thing we talked about, which was love, why did they love 123 Main Street? Well, in this situation, he would have loved it because it had a great garage. And she would have loved it, in, just using this situation, because it had wonderful areas for the kids and, and the kitchen. And living areas. That's not wrong, but I'll tell you, it's way better for you as the representative to understand why they fell in love with that house. Because what if you don't get it? Where are you looking next 
to have them equally fall in love with something. So we brought the people together and said, well, here's the picture of the M&Ms. And they were both surprised. He wasn't as surprised to find out that it was scattered around the house, but was shocked to find no M&Ms in the garage. She was shocked that all 30 of his M&Ms were out there as the important piece, as she was willing to carve out a couple M&Ms and put over there, but to have all 30 M&Ms over there? That was news. That was brand new news to her. And he was, it was this important because she was looking at places that might have a garage. It's a maybe have a garage. He was looking at places of, I don't love it. It doesn't have a garage. That is huge news to understand about people. And you sit in the middle, your ability now to understand motives and dig in behind the scene has just went crazy you now have information and power that you never had before. This is absolutely power. Not to use against them, of course not. It's to use with them to help them understand what you're what they they are looking for. Now, at the end of the day, he reassorted some of his M&Ms around the house. But still, it was the majority in the garage. He wanted a garage, not a single car. He wanted at least a double car garage so that half the garage could be a workshop. And that was incredibly important. And she understood that. And after we had the conversation, we were able to better put together a home search product for them. And we had the co the conversation, of course, about not falling too deeply in love with something. We had the conversation about budget. We had the conversation about lenders and shopping around to make sure we are getting the best pr lender product for them for what they are looking for. So the concept of individual importance and what they're looking for you have to break that barrier down to get behind the scenes to understand the individual's desires that's pushing the motive wow is that great information okay next location okay i think location is overlooked way way too many times until we're deeper into the process. Now, get deeper into the process and location begins to shine or show its head. They might want to, all this time, you're looking around at other houses and they're getting a flavor, but you don't realize how important location is to them. Now, you can do this with a map and a travel or a string and show, okay, how far away from your job do you want to be? How far away from the house do you want to be? How far away from schools do you want to be? Are there other things like 
family that's helping with daycare, childcare for you, or just being near family is important. I, I'm a huge family person. I believe strongly in families. Just being near family can be incredibly important. <coughs> I'll sip on my coffee here this morning. So understanding location and the why about location. It's not just that, oh, I want a corner lot. Corner lot is a type of location, but that's really an embedded concept of location. You need to break it down to, are you looking for a school? Did you go to this school system and you want your kids to go to this school system? Are your families here? Are they involved in this particular community? So I've had people that want to be on a particular street because they had other family members that owned homes on that street. And it was incredibly important for them to have their kids run down the sidewalk and go see grandma or their cousins, uncles, aunts. They wanted that type of environment. And if you do, well, your search just got a whole lot easier as to where, but it got a whole lot harder as to who's selling in, in such a small area. And if you can't break down the location problem at the end, some, well, let me approach this differently. Some people say that if people don't know the neighborhood they want to buy in, they're not ready to buy. I don't quite buy into it that deeply. However, overall, as an overall statement, it's true. I have met some people that are willing to, to buy in. Maybe they're retired or something, and they're willing to buy into a lot of different places. For the most of people, I think the statement is mostly true. If they don't understand the basic location of where they want to be, they're probably not quite ready to buy yet. And you are simply helping them with the investigation process. So going through some of these tools of why do you want to be somewhere is going to greatly help your buyer in making the decision of location. Yeah, if you can keep them away from doing location based upon one street, <laughs> that's good. You know, come on. It's great if you, can keep, if you can expand it off of at least one street, make it a neighborhood area. Get a reasonable size area, usually a school district is a good idea for most people. Not everybody, but families, There, you can usually narrow it in on a school district. Elementary schools are even smaller. So if you look at a school district, and I'll just use one local to us out here, the Reynolds School District, a school with thousands of students in it. But the individual elementary schools that feed into the bigger high school are smaller, but they're bigger than one street. So if you can get people to, to identify 
with one or two of the elementary school districts and put it on a map and map that out. And of course, our most of our MLS tools nowadays will allow you to associate elementary schools with our search criteria. Now, the problem with that is you may have a great house that's like right across the street from that school district. So you do have to be a little bit careful that you're not missing something that's very close to the location that, that they may be willing to, to move forward with. So location, I can't overemphasize it. It is one of the mistakes early on that eventually limit the scope later on. Here you've spent all this time with your client looking, 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 looking to realize they have a location in mind and it happens to be this small area and that's where the focus really should have been. It's, it's a good idea to show people other homes. That, that's one because it gives them, excuse me, it gives you an opportunity to explain the market conditions to the client. But I don't want you out there showing them 50 homes while you're trying to discover location. I certainly don't want you showing them 50 homes while you're still trying to, trying to have a discussion about budget and lenders. The, that is a huge mistake. You've got to nail that stuff early on to limit the scope. You don't want to show someone million-dollar houses and then think they're going to be excited about a $350,000 house. It's a difficult men mental leap for any of us to make when we start looking at things that are so crazy expensive. Crazy. So expensive. And then to have to realize we're going to give up a bunch of that to something else that we can afford. Look at things that they can actually afford, which goes back to the budget mistake. Understanding what you can afford, working with lenders, interviewing different lending products, and understanding what is out there. This is Real Estate Daily. I am your real estate guru, and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Don't forget to hit the like button. I would love it if you would hit the subscribe button. By hitting the subscribe button, you will open up the members-only opportunities to you. We have a members-only deep dive coming up this Wednesday. It will be available to everyone who has hit the subscribe button, and I would love it to, to see you there so we can take a deep dive into growing your business. Talk to you soon.